Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. What's your update? You're going to be shocked. <laughs> I can't wait. Be prepared to ask me who I am and what I've done to replace the person you've known for the last, what, almost 10 years? <laughs> wow. Okay. That was good. <laughs> that was a bigger uh, jump than I was prepared to make. I am starting to use spreadsheets for everything. Everything. What? It is... It is, like, such a departure from the person I've always been. Yes, it is. But, like, and I think that I've just branded myself as an unorganized person for the length of our relationship and, you know, for the many years prior. But lately, I've just felt like there's a thousand things swirling around in my brain. And it kind of feels like the same way I felt when I was getting into, like, the um, agenda, like, when I was getting, like, my physical calendar. Like, there was just too many things to keep track of, so I needed a place to to have all of them live. And so now I've just decided that spreadsheets are going to be that for, like, work and personal and QS. Like, everything now lives in a spreadsheet. And I think part of it is, like, just the the ability to organize in that way and just make all the tabs exactly where I need them to be and be able to find them easily has just been so helpful. Game changer. It really has been. And so I'm I'm leaning into this need. Um, and it's not like aggressive, but it really it helped like apartment everything, like organizing our updates and the way that I need to like remember and record information. It's just been so helpful. So I am now a spreadsheet person. I feel like the the quote unquote unorganized person just needs the right tool. Yes. Because they're always, the reason they're unorganized is because they're like, well, the way that everybody else does it doesn't work for me. You're so right. So you just have to find, like, I'm thinking about how you and your planner, you were like, I need a very specific thing. Yes. So and I knew what to... I needed it to look like yeah. and feel like. You're. That's a very good point. I feel like there's been a lot of change this just so far this year with the way that I organize things. And the thing that has always helped is the right tool. So you're so right. That is such a great observation. Yeah, so pay attention to what you need if you're of the type B variety. <laughs> yes, and I'm fully a type B. <laughs> and if you are a type A, uh talk to Rihanna. <laughs> I have all the things. Your own set of tools. But also like don't pressure people to fit within your mold if that's not working for them because everybody thinks in different ways. Totally true. I wonder, we should at some point think about, like, how to figure out what the right tool for you is. Mm, like, I like, And that. I know it's different for everybody, to your point, but maybe there's a way where, like, you know, depending on your habits or the type of work you do or something like that, we can share, like, some different tools that are available to different personality types or different, like, strategic Super people. into that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my update. Um, what about you? What's going on? I'm rocking the spring summer veggie share and I'm all about it I didn't realize how much I needed a veggies veggies (laughs) that so I get my share in the winter time but it's a lot of root vegetables and like cabbages and things that grow during that time frame which makes sense and I appreciate that because it's (laughs) you know appropriate to the seasonal eating right like we're not mad at the root veggies 
We're just ready for a change. Spring veggies are the best veggies. So bright and fresh and colorful. It's my favorite food season. And so I have been eating all the fresh veg. And it's just really nice to think about different recipes and eating lighter and um, just feeling like the new season is in full effect. Um, But it has led to a desire to purchase a grill. Oh, oh, yeah, that's which is, exciting. Which would be a first. I've cooked on other people's grills. You love a grill. And I love a grill. You are the grill master. And so I feel like I should challenge myself and push a little outside the boundary and get a charcoal grill. Ooh, yeah, for which sure. Which is what my dad actually, that's like what he used mm-hmm. growing up. And I like didn't know grilling otherwise. And then everybody like whipped it's out like, go fancy to, like a grill friend's thing. house and then you see this propane grill and you're like, that's just like cooking on a stove. Right. Like what's the, where's the challenge? <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like if I'm going to get a grill, I have to, it has to be a charcoal, a, a classic Weber perhaps. I think that that's a great idea because there's just something very distinct about the charcoal flavor on the food. Oh, it's so good. And yeah, like the smell. I mean, you just sink right into summer when you think about it. So I think that is awesome. So you'll have to keep us posted when you get your grill, when I'm coming over to like eat the fruits of the bounty and enjoy everything that you're working on. Surely will. That sounds awesome. In the meantime, though... (laughs) I did purchase the chest freezer that I've been talking yes, about. Yes, for, for a year? At least a year. <laughs> maybe a year and a half. And I'm so expe- excited to have more space to meal prep because mm-hmm. this will allow for like larger quantity, uh, like slow cooker. Because mm. I like to make carnitas a lot. So and you want to have it it's on. nice just to have, like, the, I can only do so much or so much meal prep because there's only so much I can fit in the current freezer. Right, right. Which is, like, a tiny little rectangle. Right. And so to have, you know. Available space. Giant available space in That's the crazy because that's a lot of space in a chest freezer. Yeah. Right? Like, it can fit a human in there. If you buy one that fits a human. That's, Yours is not. Okay. It's not a human size freezer. When I picture a chest freezer, I literally picture myself inside it. And that's yeah, how they're like 15 foot, footer ones. Right. I got the, the seven footer, I think. I can seven still, or eight. I can fit in that. But it's not, it's like cubic feet. Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking length. No. Okay. I understand what you're saying. It's. I, it's hard to explain on the podcast. Anyway, it can't fit a person, but it is still quite large. Yes. It will fit lasagnas. <laughs> there you go. And some pizza dough. I think there are going to be people that are going to ask you to do some some lasagnas and just, you know, get them ready to go for when, they're, when they want them. Yeah. I that's, think that's a good thing. And for me, it's fun because then I can make a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and be like, this one's going in the freezer for later. I'm made to be uh, an Italian mom and you know, <laughs> life without kids. That's so Here funny. we are. Listen, there will be a lot of people that are ready to raise their hand for you to feed them. So yeah. <laughs> don't worry about that. Get ready. That's awesome. That's exciting because that is like a year in the making. So we've accomplished the goal. We've checked the box. We're ready to like, you know, spin in the kitchen. Glad we could make the jump. Yeah. It was time. It was time. Uh, What is inspiring you this week? I recently signed up for Notes to Inspire. Is it another newsletter? Written by Simon Sinek. It's not a newsletter. It is a essential two-sentence hit of inspo. Perf. 
each morning, which is, I think, what everybody needs. Yes. Um, I really like this one that came recently. Uh, quote, before we can build the world we want to live in, we have to imagine it. Greatness starts with a clear vision of the future. Wow. And I feel like it's just like, you know, a little like thought starter for the day or just like, yeah. you know, get your, per- get your perspective going. Be like, huh, that's an interesting thing to think about or to consider. Yeah, as it I, did like, make me like... My day like rest my shoulders in in a way like it made me think about like okay like let's think about this let's yeah like let's do the vision thing and he simon sinek is the one who did the start with why mm-hmm. ted talk mm-hmm. book very smart just the his basis of everything uh and so to have a little nugget of inspiration Everyone. on the daily is really nice that's awesome that's awesome so uh i because I feel like I'm getting like really deep into newsletter world, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just too long. So this is nice that it's just quick hit of just something to get your day started. Yeah, that comes daily, but isn't like an aggressive read. Yeah, and there's like no action associated with it. Mm-hmm. I always enjoy opening it just to be like, I wonder what he has for me today. Yeah, I like that. And I didn't real. I mean, I know he's done a lot of stuff. I did not realize he had this as well. So yeah, it's nice to see. That he is kind of hitting all the high notes. We'll link to it in show notes. Perf, perf, perf. Uh, what about you, Sid? What's inspiring you? Speaking of newsletters, <laughs> mine actually did come from a newsletter. Um, so we've talked about Quartzy, uh, the Quartzy newsletter before on here. This this version, this edition of it, was the author's um, like kind of recap of the Goop conference slash like Ah. wellness retreat of some kind so she was like i am i am you know reporting on the goop thing and how it's a big deal and that it's like one of those like thousand dollar um retreats that people obviously like they're expecting a lot from it and goop has like the clout of you know gwyneth and the whole thing so she's like i need you to know that i didn't pay to go (laughs) but i'm gonna do everything i can to share with you one thousand dollars worth of information excellent here (laughs) i was like so that you may have interest one way or the other exactly so i thought that was actually really nice but one of the things there was a lot of things in there that i found um, like interesting and helpful in ways that you wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily expect i would think it's like a lot of like woo woo stuff but Mm -hmm. some of some of them were things that I feel like we could kind of put into practice so the one that kind of stood out the most to me was um, arguing effectively by finding your true north and I was like huh that's interesting I had no idea kind of what that was or the word arguing just immediately makes my heart flare (laughs) (laughs) get me out of here yeah yeah you're like I never want to do that so why would you do that to me um the steps of it are to think of a tough conversation you've been struggling to have. So I guess so I guess I kind of disagree thinking through it now with the word argue and maybe thinking of it as like just a difficult conversation that Prepa- may preparing for Exactly. Yeah. That may lead to an argument, but maybe if you do these things first, it doesn't necessarily go all the way there. But um, thinking about a tough conversation you've been struggling to have, and then you do the following. So you're sitting with a person, have your buddy set a timer for one minute, one minute and 20 seconds and describe the situation. Then have your buddy set a timer for 30 seconds and describe the situation. Then describe the situation in a single word. Right? This is like a fun game that you could play. Exactly. And I found that. So in I did this in context. my head. Right. With not a difficult conversation. Um, I did this in my head. 
and I re like of a, a conversation I've been struggling to have, but it was interesting from the one minute and 20 seconds to the single word that it's distilled down to it's, it's usually different than what you think it's going to be. Like it kind of helps you get to why it hurts or what hurts or why you're upset in a way that you might not have gotten to when you like fill in all the blanks with all of these words and all of these things. Flopping around, just feeling all your feelings when... Exactly. What does it take to... To like really drill into the core of it. And for her, I think it was like recognition or something was her one word. And then that makes you think about the whole conversation in a totally different way. I think it brings like more humanity to it. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like filler words or like this is what I think versus you think and like some maybe some aggression or defensiveness. The single word allows someone to just hear that and and talk to that specifically versus all the other stuff you might have said. And I thought that that was just a different way of working through how you're feeling and what got you to that place in the first place and and working on that specifically versus all of the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciated that. I thought that was a good takeaway from the Goop retreat. I like that a lot because um, it makes you think about the narrative or the story that we spin in our heads when we're feeling overwhelmed or an emotion about a thing Mm -hmm. and then breaking it down into like what is this why why do you actually feel this way or what's the what's the source of this because once you have the source you can solve all your problems (laughs) absolutely and And so we spend so much time spinning we do and she said one of the girl that she was like buddies with Um, actually started crying like full-on tears thinking about what her word was because you think about it like anger is like the first offense right but what is actually at your core is usually fear yeah and so acknowledging that fear is really emotional and so she's like I the author said that she didn't cry but she did like have some heavy feels in that moment yeah but the girl that she was talking to like really let the guard down and I appreciated hearing that too because you're like acknowledging that that is like kind of a byproduct of taking these steps and I I think that is a thing I'm going to try to do more often even if it's just a conversation with myself to kind of get to that one word and then maybe maybe it'll go differently than it would have if I didn't do this practice I like that yeah that's what that's what we got we can try the exercise together we should do that, right? I already have an idea in my head. <laughs> I think that that would be a good practice for us. And then we'll report back and see how it went. Oh. <laughs> homework. Homework. <laughs> we love, love it. Homework. <laughs> oh, man. What have we gotten ourselves into? <laughs> we can handle this. All right. Give it to me straight, Sid. What are we talking about today? I am excited about this episode. So we came up with this after talking about, so what was it, last week or a couple weeks ago? A couple weeks ago, I think. Right. We Maybe talked, last week. It's hard to say at this point. <laughs> Sometime in the recent past. <laughs> Where are we? Who are we? What day is it? We're not tired. Um, I had talked about one of my inspirations in the last couple of weeks was Brittany Packnett's recent TED Talk around confidence and specifically like targeting those three things that allowed her to learn that confidence is not necessarily something you're born with, but something you can form yourself. 
And so with these three basic pieces, people from any walk of life can learn confidence and like a muscle, you can like hone it and tap into it. So what we're going to talk about today is how to build our confidence and what it kind of takes to do that. And partly using, you know, Brittany's TED Talk, but also partly using our own experience to kind of inform the way that we have learned how to build our own confidence and like the things that we still struggle with. Um, and so I'm excited to get into it today and kind of really figure out what what our steps can be to get to that confident place. Yeah, and I think what's interesting about the way that Brittany Pagnet framed it in her TED Talk is that it was around people who aren't like privileged enough to have confidence be available to them essentially as like an option right it's like you're already coming in at like a slightly lower bar Mm -hmm. and i think to have that perspective about like oh wow it actually takes work for some people and i think for someone who has confidence to have that understanding is really helpful Mm -hmm. but also for people who have glimpses of it or moments of it can say this is really interesting to know like where it's coming from and how I'm seeing it pop up in my life and what opportunities were available to me that mm-hmm. led me to feeling confident and how to like have that shape more of your life and give it more of a holistic view so that you walk in every day feeling like 100% awesome. Ready to go. Yeah, that's such a great point. And that was a huge takeaway from her talk, I think the overarching message is is wonderful and very clear, but all the things she mentions in there inform the way that I think for me, I now view my part in other people's building of confidence as well. And I think that's a good lesson that we can stand to learn. Even if we're still working on building our own, what can we do at the same time to help others build theirs? Yes. Um, so we'll get into all of that. Uh, are we ready to speak at Queens? Let's do it. Let's do it. Where do you even begin building your confidence? Where does it even come from? I don't know. So at the beginning of time. (laughs) When you are born. Um, I think there's a big difference, like just coming off some thoughts that I had, especially after watching the TED Talk, is just knowing the difference between being confident and right and being confident and open to listening or others' perspectives. Um, I think that it's important to remember humility and grace and kindness rather than adjectives like cocky and bullish and like having an attitude around not being considerate of other people's feelings. Yeah. Um, Because I think there's like confident bully Mm -hmm. and confident sure of yourself. Right. For sure. For sure. And I think that's like a, a kind of setting the stage of like understanding the difference. And I think when we're younger, confidence leans a little bit more toward like the, um, oh, I saw it in someone mm-hmm. or like this is how I saw some someone do this. And so I'm going to embody that. But mm-hmm. you don't really have enough like life experience or wherewithal to, to take that in. Yeah. It's like, oh, confidence is just, you know. It also requires a little bit of love to the rest of the world. Absolutely. I think that we, like, if we've seen, I think there are some people that think that armor of cockiness will, like, protect 
whatever is behind it. Mm-hmm. And so if you're like feigning confidence and you're just trying to like get through it, it can come off as that because you're like, this is how I'm going to get people to listen to me or this yeah. is how I'm going to get people to pay attention to what I have to say. And that might be true for some people, but I, I agree with you that I don't think it is necessarily like the correct way because then it's fear for the people around you. It's like out of fear versus mm-hmm. out of like respect for that confidence. And I think in my mind, you know, maybe not Michael Scott from The Office, but I think respect is greater than fear. <laughs> Just saying. Just Agreed. saying. Yeah, it's like shifting from the perspective of arrogance mm-hmm. to openness. Absolutely. Um, I really love this quote from Kurt Vonnegut, you are whatever you pretend to be. Mm. And this was recently mentioned in a um, a pod, uh, ter- Tim Ferriss podcast with Derek S- Sivers. Sivers? Sivers? Crap. Looks like Sivers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Derek. <laughs> Sivers. Derek Sivers. We're just going to keep repeating this it. This guy named Derek was talking. <laughs> Derek ta- is the one, the, the man who came up with the concept or pursued the concept or shared the concept of hell yes versus hell no oh, of the like, which we've talked about before Derek. <laughs> that Derek now I know who Derek is <laughs> um, and so he talked about how you can choose to be confident even with when you have no reason to be mm. and I really like this idea when you're like in a younger state or like coming up in your 20s sometimes all it takes is just you believing what you want to be and saying I can do this. Like, there's so much joy in being able to just, like, step into something and not be afraid of failure because it's it it may not be perfect and it should not be perfect. Mm -hmm. But if you walk in there with, like, a self-assuredness of, like, I am this person who knows how to speak on stage or I am this person who can lead this, you know, conference call – and technically, I've never done it before, but I'm going to make everyone think that I can. Right. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And so I've heard from other people, too, where they see something like that and then they say to someone afterward, like, you did great or like, that was amazing or you must have done that a hundred times. It's like, no, I that was the first time I've ever experienced that. And so to see to see it happen, too, and to like acknowledge that. I think is really to know that a lot of people are afraid of things mm-hmm. and being OK that fear is fear is okay or the fear that you have is okay and normal mm-hmm. and that you should just like dig in live the live the vibe that you're trying to give off absolutely be whatever you you pretend to be yeah i like that a lot um this you know falls nicely into my next thought around acknowledging your fears around failure as it relates to confidence and i think it's important to flip that script to be a little bit more mindful of resilience Mm -hmm. and what that does for you and knowing that things the first time around will be hard Mm -hmm. and pushing past perfection Mm -hmm. thinking to yourself what can I learn from this new experience and I think even if you do stumble the the resilience to pick yourself back up and move forward is really what's going to give you confidence the next round when you're doing something new um, because you're growing from every experience and every interaction that you have with you know, your fears and things that seem frightening or uh, or like the unknown, right. essentially, and bringing that new confidence, the newfound knowledge of like, this wasn't a failure, it was a learning experience. Mm-hmm. How can I take my 
my mistake and turn it into something positive and then take on a new challenge with that mindset. And I think that that thought process does put people into a more confident state because you're not just constantly striving for this perfect version of everything, which doesn't actually exist. It's like, I'm going to walk into this with like my mind right and Mm -hmm. clear Mm -hmm. and see what comes of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, yeah, and before, like, when you're even getting into that, it's just, like, that building confidence by just starting. Mm -hmm. Like, just just take a step and figure out what that step might look like and then take another one and be thoughtful about those steps. And I think sometimes we think in terms of like, not me, but them, like that's, that, mm-hmm. that's the thing that they, they do, not me. And we think that someone else will be the person to start the thing that we've been thinking about forever because we're just kind of like someone else will start and then I'll, I'll jump on the bandwagon or I'll learn from them and then I can do it. But if we take on the mentality of like, if we take on that mentality of of that pushing past that fear, just like you talk about, then why can't we be the person that starts? Mm -hmm. Why can't we be the person that begins and then falls and picks ourselves up? And maybe we can be the person for someone behind us that says like, oh, they did it, so maybe I can do it. And I think I've tried recently to really adopt that like, why not me mindset. And it has been hugely helpful in times of like real doubt where you're like, who am I to even think that I can do this thing? Or why do I think that I'm the right person to take this step? But I think it was like Mindy Kaling always says like, why not me? Why can't I be the person Mm -hmm. that everybody looks to because I did this thing first? And now that I have that as like part of a mantra, like why not me? It it really helps like grow that little nugget of confidence around a new or different thing that we're just starting out on or trying out for the first time. Um, And even if it's like starting with something that's seemingly small or just for us versus the masses, like that's still an act of confidence and it still counts. It doesn't have to be like this big, huge thing for it to count in like the grand scheme of things. Um, I think in a lot of ways, setting small goals mm -hmm. for, for achievements to be like, yeah, I'm a champion. Yeah. Is so important. So important. We've talked about like, that how many times, right? Yeah, you're not holding yourself back. Right, right, exactly. Um, I also think the do your homework mentality around how to build confidence is just like the 101 that sometimes we forget about because it seems like too 101 to be real. <laughs> Don't dive in way too hard. Right. But like, how easy is it just to say this is the first time I'm going to do this maybe I'll practice my speech a couple extra times just so I walk up there and feel like I'm a boss exactly and that's exactly like what we talk about around like when we take time to prepare for whatever it is that we're looking to be confident in or about we feel so ready like even if we're nervous we at least feel prepared Mm -hmm. and even if that doesn't necessarily like quell like the nerves or the butterflies you at least are like I know what I'm talking about to to the extent to which I can go in there and lean on the knowledge I can lean on the preparedness and that is kind of like that in and of itself is an act of confidence I think well it's funny too because it reminds me of something I listened to this was a while ago um, but someone who was preparing to do a TED talk Mm. and they said that they practiced their speech 30 times. Wow. Before they actually, which like to me, 
I'm like, I'll write out an outline and maybe like run it through three times. So yeah. like as a comparison, like mm-hmm. 30 seems like a lot to that me. That does seem like a lot. <laughs> but even I was thinking about a few weeks ago when I did the emceeing thing and getting the script and I was like not confident at all. Like never done this feeling a little like uneasy in my ability, but I knew I could practice. I knew I had the thing in front of me and I knew I could practice. So if nothing else, I knew it was on that page. And if all I was working on was like looking up more often, like I already knew it was on the page in front of me. So doing your homework is that baby step that you can take and then work on the other side of the confidence stuff maybe at a later date or maybe when you're fully in the event mode or whatever it is that you've done your homework for like at least one part of it has been taken care of to the extent to which you can take care of it but I think that that is just a baseline that is such an important piece of being prepared to do anything is and having the confidence to take those steps is just prepare yourself as much as you can hundred percent makes so much sense um i just from a confidence standpoint and there's it's entirely possible that i've mentioned this on a past episode but i always think back to my first public speaking class that i took in Mm -hmm. college Mm -hmm. and how it was the first time that i realized like super comfortable people who like love be like extroverted people who are like super cool and popular and like friends with everybody or like did really awesome things that you would just assume would kill it standing in front of the room and how absolutely terrible they were at the first like here just go up and talk for four minutes about something and like being put on the spot and how uncomfortable it makes people and realizing for me it was seeing in another person that fear and being like oh I'm not alone right so many people feel these ways think these ways and so to like I think for someone who's you like are an observer Mm -hmm. like I am like seeing in another person that like moment of doubt or like on the flip side the moment of confidence yeah and saying oh the reason why they did so well at that presentation was because they were prepared oh this person who I thought was like a 10 mm-hmm. still gets scared of speaking in front of people. Yes. And so to have that, like, also just like the reality check of like, you're not alone in this and like right. other people feel this way to like give you that also ounce of like, I can do this. Like, right, why right. not me? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that is such a great point. I think like leveling the playing field is a great way. And it's not to bring other people down. It's to truly level the playing field more for yourself than for anybody else. And to say like, oh, by the way, like we're all human and we all have fears and we all have confidence issues or we all have, you know, that negative confidence that can continue to grow if we give it the necessary life that it deserves. And so, yeah, I think that making that statement of like, oh, Sally, you know, is really terrified of this. I'm really terrified of this. Like, let's work together together on this and like let's lean into each other totally a little bit more I like it how do we put this into practice step one <laughs> uh, quick and easy stuff <laughs> um I recently listened to uh the Zappos episode Ugh, the on... company culture that everybody should have is from Zappos everyone should listen to this we'll link to it in show notes um it was the NPR how I built this episode and the co-founder said that 
like it was reiterated multiple times over and over in the episode to a point where I was like, okay, we get it. <laughs> he's a little weird. Please he's chill. introverted. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Um, but one of the ways, like being a co-founder, is that's like a big deal. It's a big deal. And you do have to face people and you also have to like have conversations with your employees and kind of set the stage like what are you doing to create that amazing culture that they've built so well especially coming from someone who's like I myself am not like hopping up on stage and just like power owning the crew (laughs) at at Zappos (laughs) it so what he said that he does that helps him just like give himself a little ounce of confidence every once in a while is to challenge himself to do one new or scary thing every day Hmm. And I feel like that that's like what we talked about before was just like those little mini goals or uh, small accomplishments that you can set for yourself to say like, I did this thing. Yes. I'm awesome. Yes. Because it doesn't have to be start a company. (laughs) It can be go talk to that person because you haven't talked to them in a while. (laughs) Like it can be like, because that can be really scary sometimes or like, you're not used to talking to, like, a group of five. You're usually used to, like, the one-on-ones. Like, challenging yourself to do those things, like, allows your whole heart to be like, oh, like, this was super unknown to me, but now I can do it. Yeah. So I agree with that. I think that's a perfectly awesome step to take toward these goals. I think also the idea of actually recognizing Mm -hmm. when you're not feeling confident, like, when it's happening and you're like, oh, crap. Feel, feel it <laughs> what are you feeling and what were you fearing because again we said like a lot of it is like a worry or an insecurity or something that you're like I'm unprepared right so what is it specifically that you can adjust for next time um I feel like for me personally a lot of those moments are related to me worrying about mm-hmm. something usually worrying about what people are thinking because I'm a people pleaser. I'm always concerned about how I'm being perceived. And you're like very aware of a facial expression <laughs> yeah. too. So like somebody's eyeball moves weird and you're like, what What did I do? I'm like, I've done Tell something me. wrong. Um, and so just to show up the way that I'm showing up and knowing that like, okay, you're feeling insecure in this moment, but is it for an actual reason mm-hmm. that you can address? Like, there was something similar or uh, that happened recently where I had a conversation with Dan after work, and I was like, and he was like, that's just you, your b- mind running itself into this situation. That's not, it's not a real situation. And so I walked into the next work day, like nothing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. And everything was fine. Yeah. Like I was creating a situation or creating an emotional reaction or assuming someone felt a certain way yeah. that was not real. Um, and I think it's just knowing how you feel about a situation and realizing that there's a possibility that you're running yourself into a state of insecurity or worry mm-hmm. when if you just walk into the room like, we're cool, right? Because everything is cool. Right. Your mind's just ruminating. Right. And so stepping away from those feelings of, or acknowledge just saying like, okay, I realize I'm running a little bit this thought in my mind over and over. Mm-hmm. Can I ask a question to get clarity? Right. If it's like a person to person thing or just like, what is it that I'm feeling or why am I feeling anxious? And 
what can I do to counter that? And sometimes it's just like, everything's okay. Mm -hmm. And reminding yourself that everything's okay. And then being like, we're cool here. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because as as we've talked about, like nobody's thinking about the thing as much as you're thinking about the thing. Mm -hmm. And you'll know if they are. You will know pretty instantly, I assume, if, if like what you've created in your mind is a reality or if it is just living within your brain and no one else's. I think that's great advice to just like to walk in and believe that nothing's wrong, believe that everything's okay and take notice of like people's actions and the the things that they're doing around you and you'll know very quickly if like you're like oh yep that was that was me that was on me (laughs) I take full responsibility for that train going way off the tracks and like that helps hopefully be like a learned response to then say like okay how do I how do I correct this next time or Mm -hmm. how do I stop this before it gets to this point if this happens again um which, you know, it's hard, but I think it is possible. But I also, I totally agree with you about like the stopping to notice your feelings and reactions to things, because sometimes I think that we so quickly um, discount that being a helpful tool. Mm -hmm. If you have the ability to stop, even if it doesn't, like even if the behavior doesn't stop, but you can recognize that the behavior is happening, like that is a huge step forward. That is like, if you're feeling that moment of doubt or lack of confidence, like recognizing what's happening around that are all things that you can use the next time to at least like take another step into not having it go as far off the rails or as as, you know, far in one direction. So that ability to notice is its own superpower because there are a lot of people that can't do that because they have not had practice doing that or they don't, like, they don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, so even, like, having that step is is huge. So I think that's a very good point. Agree. Sometimes confidence is just about thinking positively about yourself and rocking your best look. For sure. There's nothing better than an out your like power outfit or your well-tailored jacket something that makes you feel comfortable Mm -hmm. but like a boss maybe something that you wear to your power meetings yep um and just like walk into a room and be like i got this right i have those whenever i do uh speaking events Mm -hmm. i have a, a specific set of outfits that are like you know, varying outfits. levels of, like, what's appropriate for the experience, like, where I'm on stage. <laughs> sure. Yep. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, but there's something about, like, a dress that fits perfectly, but also makes you look like you know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. where you are embodying a little, like, I'm going to fake it till I make it and just walk in into the room and be like, I'm here. I know what I'm doing. Yes. Because that that improves everything. Like, that's not for anyone else. Like that is fully for, I think sometimes when, when I ask what people are wearing to a certain thing, or like when I'm thinking about that so much, my fear is that like people think that I care. I was going to say a swear word. (laughs) People think I care about what the audience thinks or what the people that are like receiving me think. And I'm like, no, 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 this is fully about me. (laughs) Like this is about how I feel in the clothes that I'm wearing because that impacts the presentation that impacts my ability to like stay on top of it and I think sometimes people think this needs to be like your most expensive outfit or the one that's like slightly uncomfortable but looks like like the power in Mm -hmm. quotes outfit but I think you don't that doesn't have to be the vibe like you can get the perfect 
power outfit for you at Marshall's, or it can be all designer. <laughs> like, but if you're tugging at it, or if it's like you're adjusting it the whole time, it's like I remember my mom yelled at me once because it was like I all when I was wearing like a tube top or like, and you're just always like yanking at the top of it. Like that doesn't look good or feel good from any perspective. So in addition to like figuring out what that outfit is, it should fit well. And it should like, just, just not be something that you're like, Ooh, is it a little too short or is it a little too tight? <laughs> like all of those things make a huge difference. So true. Mm-hmm. The tugging thing is always, or you're like, rolling consistently rolling the sleeves or like pulling your shirt down yes am I covered right like or if it has (laughs) pockets and you're like fidgeting with the pockets or something like I I would almost go as far to say like do a practice run in the outfit that you think it is just to make sure you're like this looks really good on the hanger but does it look good on and do you feel good in it when you're in it people are going to be taking photos of me Mm mm-hmm better make sure you look good (laughs) (laughs) It's important. (laughs) It's not superficial. It's real. It is real. And like even I follow this one brand that's like all like linen, like no shape to the outfits. And even in shapeless pieces that are well made or like that fit well, like it doesn't take anything. It doesn't have to be like a tight thing or like trendy or anything like that. Like it can be like a flowy, nice outfit as long as you feel good and ready because then people aren't paying attention to like what you're talking at and they're paying attention to the things that are coming out of your mouth. Yes. And that's the goal. <laughs> always. 100%. Always, always. And with that, especially if you're going to be like thinking about confidence from uh, a leading a meeting or having a conversation that might be difficult with your boss or getting up on stage, remember your body language. Mm-hmm. Smile. Huge. Stand tall. Have your shoulders back. Make eye contact. Yeah. Don't Not in a creepy way, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one could see me, but I did like a very dramatic like look down, look up. Shoulders back. Confident. You look good. I felt your confidence. (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes all it takes is just like, wait, I'm not slouching anymore. I feel more comfortable in my own skin Mm -hmm. in this slightly scary space. Yeah. And it's those seemingly small things that like do make a huge difference. And I think like that, if you know, we have more to talk about here, but like those are big takeaways from this conversation is like, it doesn't need to be like a huge change that you make just a noticing of the things that make you feel less confident mm-hmm. in in like adjusting those small those small changes can make a huge difference uh, I think implementing growth mindset is big for when you are putting you know this confidence thing into practice so growth mindset is the ability to say like, just because I'm not born with a thing doesn't mean I can't be better at a thing with time, practice, and energy. And so like muscle confidence can be formed. So remembering that something you're not great at now can be enhanced and developed. And you have to think that way. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we think we have a growth mindset, but we constantly talk ourselves back or down from the thing that we're working on. And like, I'm not good enough to do that, or I could never do that, or that person's so much smarter than me, I could never do that. So like that's the fixed mindset of saying like I don't have the ability right now and I'm never going to have it so trying to think about things in that growth mindset mentality can can 
even if you're never going to be like, you know, the person that makes the most money at a thing or like the best basketball, whatever it is, doesn't mean you can't get better at it. And I think when it comes to confidence, that's a thing that's all that's readily available to us Mm -hmm. when we learn what tools are in place to help us get there or the barriers that are help or that are uh, impeding our ability to get there and recognizing and going around them. And like, remember that you're a hard worker, like you've achieved and completed goals in the past, like call those out. Remember that like, there has been times where you've done this in the past. And that's where growth mindset has been present before. So if this is a new challenge, a new thing, a new whatever, especially when it's around putting confidence into practice, like calling on those moments helps us take more steps forward by remembering like, oh, we've done this before. Like we've gotten through harder things. We've we've tried and failed before. We can try and fail again. Uh, I think the other thing like Brittany talks about in her TED talk is leaning into her permission, community, and curiosity mantra when it comes to confidence. So that was the thing that really stood out to me when I watched mm-hmm. this the first time were those three words. Because I'm like, what does she mean by that? And then, of course, she went on to explain what she means by that. <laughs> and so looking at who has given you permission in the past to have confidence. For Brittany, it was her mom. And like for me, at times, it's been my VP and my dad, like at different moments in my life and career. And they've shown through their actions, even faced with difficult situation, confidence helps them to get to the next step so we need permission to see ourselves in that way to see someone we respect and appreciate have done it we think we can do it too um I, I, and I know this is about us building our confidence, but I'm always about like, if we learn to do a thing, like pass it on, like mm-hmm. then be that permission for someone else that's around you that might be struggling with this too. Uh, for community, it's leaning into others who like lift you up when you're feeling like you don't have what it takes. And I think this takes like trust and openness, but it is possible. Um, it just, you know, sometimes is hard to tap into. And one of the examples that Brittany talks about in the TED talk is about like a Maasai woman um, in Kenya when she was on this trip and said, even in the face of like serious danger. So they like chase lions. (laughs) Like these women like chase lions. (laughs) It's a big deal. And you're like, when I heard that, I was like, what? It's like, I'm sorry, that's a job? Like, (laughs) what is that? Um, Her community of sisterhood reminds her that she can handle her greatest fears. So even if they're sharing in that fear, they're they're in it together. And that community can then build up. I love that so much. I, I loved that. I feel like thinking about it, because when I at first heard community, I was like, oh, this makes sense to me. But then when you think about, like, I'm confident because my people have given me confidence. Like, right. my friends, my family, the people who support me the person at work who's giving me eye contact who's like you've got this right like those are the moments where it's like I'm here because you all helped me get here right and knowing that like sometimes there is fear in the the actions that you're taking but knowing that you have a community of people behind you or at least just like standing there like cheering you on or the foundation of the work that you're doing that's really powerful absolutely and that one specifically gave me like the chills because like the sisterhood comment, and I know this can look look like anything, your community can look like anything, but like that sisterhood feel is so real, I think, for like 
women's groups or women who have like families that lean into each other and things like that. But like that sisterhood mentality just feels so strong Mm -hmm. and it feels so supportive, which um, like really helps this idea go forward. Um, For curiosity, it's the ongoing desire to try more and different things. And curiosity was the the one that I was like, hmm, how does that work? Like, I'm not really totally sure about that one. But, But knowing that, like, again, you've done it in the past, probably at least once, and having the curiosity to say, like, maybe I can do that again. And maybe I can take that step. And using those first two ideas to prop you up, it gives you the ability to be curious about what might come next. Um, and I, again, like would add that if you've been able to employ any of these tactics, if you've been able to think about these things, you've seen them in action, you've been able to take advantage of them from other people, from your community, like it really is on us to be able to do this for other people. So I just, I loved that Ted talk. I thought it was like actionable and like digestible and things that we can do and we can learn from around this idea of confidence that it is not just a thing that you have for no reason. <laughs> like, I'm sure there are people that there are out there that have it for no reason. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> or they were given permission at a very young age because of the privilege that they have, where exactly. it's like, you're just going to be this confident child because we're giving it to you day one right. when you're born. Right. Totally. And so I think I've said it before and I'm saying it again. It's so important to realize that not everybody has the access to confidence, which Mm -hmm. is like so crazy to think about in that context, but it makes so much sense, especially after hearing Brittany's stories um, of just putting yourself in the shoes of another individual and what you can pass on from, especially from the permission standpoint. And then who's the community that we have that we can rely on and what can we continue to do to grow and be curious and think about what it is that's going to give us those little boosts of boost of confidence and boost of energy to like keep going and taking on things that might be a little scary absolutely i think that's all good stuff shall we break let's break hey everyone thanks so much for listening this week you can follow us on instagram at queen underscore speaking to continue the conversation and you can find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com see you next week week.